Welcome to Tales of the Resistance, a podcast about antimicrobial resistance. On today's show, we're joined by a rotating lineup of members of the I Am Responsible Project, a nationwide team of educators and researchers working on solutions to AMR. I'm Beth, one of the hosts, and we are joined today by Nafisa. Hi, guys. And our star guest today is one of the graduate students with our team, Andrew. Hi, everyone. My name is Andrew. I am a master's student in the Department of Biological Systems Engineering at UNL. And I am from uh, Colombia originally, and I have also been part of the I Am Responsible Initiative, uh, thanks to being part of Dr. Amy Schmidt Lab. So I've been involved in different projects involving AMR and, you know, all that. I also have some experience with machine learning and AI because my pro- my main project involves these topics. So, yep, that's pretty much it. Thank you for joining us, everyone. So today we are talking about machine learning and AI um, and how it uh, can help in the fight against antimicrobial resistance. So I just use those two terms, AI and machine learning, in that brief description. Andrew, as our um, kind of expert on AI, would you do a brief explanation for those who don't know, kind of if there's a difference between AI and machine learning? Thank you. Thank you for saying that I'm an expert, but I'm not an expert whatsoever. But I can tell you a brief definition of machine learning, AI, and even deep learning. So let's let's start with AI, artificial intelligence. So it's considered a branch of computer science that studies machine intelligence. This is like a broader concept that refers to machines or computers performing tasks that typically require human intelligence or even a level uh, higher than that. This includes uh, things like reasoning, learning, uh, perception, problem solving, language understanding, and decision making. So let's let's think of AI as a broader dream of machines mimicking human intelligence, making decisions, recognizing speech, and other tasks that uh, you know humans can do, and even these machines can make it uh, even faster and, and better. Is the science fiction dream uh, reality the umbrella under which all machines smartness falls? Uh, now, machine learning, ML. This is a subset of AI that focuses on the development of algorithms and statistical models that enable computers to perform tasks without explicit instructions, relying instead on patterns and inference. It is about machines' access to big conscious data and letting them uh, learn from themselves. So let's think ML, machine learning, as the AI's pragmatic cousin. It is all about data and algorithms, teaching computers to learn from patterns by example. It is not about robots taking over, but about smart systems making our lives easier. Finally, we have uh, deep learning, that is DL, which is a subset of machine learning, ML. It uses structures called uh, neural networks to make sense of large complex data sets. Is the tech behind the magic of voice assistants like Siri, and self-driving cars like Teslas. So that's pretty much a brief introduction to these topics. And also I wanted to um, just tell you guys that AI and machine learning has been around more than we think. Um, it has been a bomb um, for the last 20 years, but AI has been around from the, 19, the 1950s. So right now just is, is booming 
um, because of two main reasons. So the first one is because our computers, our systems are more powerful than ever. And the second reason is because we have more power to store the data. So we have the cloud and the cloud let us uh, to store being like big quantity of data. So that's why uh, AI can produce better uh, predictions right now. And that's why we are talking about AI much more than before. I think that's interesting how I wouldn't have thought that um, that need for being able to store all the information is one of the reasons it's booming now. But because um, as you have machine learning, it has to have access to a big a big range of data um, in order to learn, essentially. Um, that's right. The bigger the data, the better, because you have more stuff to recognize patterns. So it's like, uh, I don't know, when you try to learn about a topic, when you, uh, I don't know, read just a book is not enough. But uh, if you read a couple of books, it's getting better and better. And computers do that really well. So with uh, a lot of data, they can recognize patterns that we don't. Um, we don't. Um, so yeah, that's, that's why AI is booming right now. Um, that is interesting. I've learned a lot about, much more about AI of recent. So for today, we're talking about AI and how it has to do, uh, how it has the potential to help with um, AMR. So AI can be used to accelerate the process of antibiotic discovery. Um, and this is so important because new antibiotic discovery can take, oh, an average of a billion dollars and a decade of research uh, to discover. And um, the reason that takes so long, that decade of, of, um, of research, is because um, the number of drug-like molecules that could potentially exist is roughly 10 to the 60. So that's 10 with 60 zeros behind it, which is a truly incomprehensible number. Um, but AI can run predictions of new drugs much, much faster than a human can in the, a human can do in those laboratories. So the research paper that we are going to discuss today is a collaborative project between MIT and um, McMaster University in Canada um, came together to explore the use of AI in drug discovery. They eventually discovered a new antibiotic with the potential to fight a drug-resistant bacterium pathogen. But we should keep in mind that just discovering a potential drug compound is just the beginning of the long, long process of antibiotic discovery. The estimated timeline for AI-discovered antibiotics to become available to for prescriptions and human consumption is 2030. So it AI can vastly accelerate the process, but it is still the long process of antibiotic discovery. Well, I would like to add that um, human, if you were using artificial intelligence in any sort of like drug development, it doesn't have to be only anti antibiotics. Mm -hmm. uh, there are, I think, less chance for errors when you are using it for like demonstrating it uh, on some patients or something, or even when you are just sequencing that drug 
if you are developing any uh, gen genetically sorry uh, biotech using biotechnology to developing a drug there will be less chance for error when you, you are coding that drug uh, but if human were involved only human were involved then i think there will be more scope for errors that will that would like bring more um you know uh, that would need more time and also more financial uh, investments and i think using ai could cut down with time and financial investment as it will cause less error that's interesting point about having less air potential. I wonder if that's because it's dealing with um, pretty straightforward data. Because like a lot of times you'll hear about AI making mistakes all the time, like silly mistakes or kind of like alarming mistakes. Um, you know, it's still in the training training process. I wonder if Andrew, you have any insights? Yeah, I have the potential to to be more accurate, and especially if you develop. A machine learning model or AI model that just focuses on one simple task. Let's say just drug discovery or antibiotic discovery, because we see some um, that is called hallucinations with bigger models like ChatGPT or other, uh, you know, big uh, AI models that are called generative AI because they do more than just one thing. They uh, can give you an image. They can make poetry. They can do a lot of stuff. So there is more chance to, uh, you know, have those those hallucinations. Um, you have those bigger models that do a lot of other uh, tasks. But if you have a model that just focuses on one simple task that is not simple, but you know, you, I, I, I think that you get my point. That is just focusing in one thing. Uh, it will get really pretty good results. And with this one, um, especially 93% of reduction of the screening process is pretty good, but it's still not as good as one will uh, you know, think. Because this data set was uh, kind of small, like uh, 7,000 mm -hmm. um, 7, um, molecules is not that big. For instance, if you are going to screen a million of uh, molecules, you will... Uh, still get to manually uh, screen 70,000. So it's still a lot of molecules, but it's, it's good that progress is, is being made in this in this field. So there's still a lot to come, but um, you know, we have to start somewhere. Any other uh, thoughts about how AI could be used in the fight against antimicrobial resistance besides just antibiotic discovery? I mean, there are a lot of different ways that we can use AI to combat and fight AMR. So one that uh, came to my mind recently was to develop like a, an app or something that can use your daily information, like, I don't know, the Apple health information that you have in your phone and other uh, parameters that you can uh, enter in the app to, um, to calculate the risk of an AMR infection. So it will be really good to have this kind of risk, risk assessment app um, for users, for daily uh, life users, to see what they can do, what they can improve, what they have to avoid in order to, uh, you know, not get, um, you know, an AMR um, disease related. 
So that could be one way to use AI, use information, use your, um, your data to um, fight back AMR and prevent infection to happen. Re this could be a really cool invention for like antibiotic use control. So uh, the antibiotic resistance is basically a product of antibiotic abuse, overuse or underuse. Uh, so if this uh, uh, software or like app or program could be developed, I think that this could be used in uh, alarming people or I mean, letting people know that, oh, you were one dose away of for your full course like medicine for okay. yeah so you should take one more and uh, then like calculating their symptoms or something they would tell them that you are uh, free from bacteria so you don't need to like take another pill so just don't take it and the abuse of antibiotics in livestock is like it's, it's it, it just cannot be described in words <laughs> but, that, but that is a good perspective, you know, because in our countries, there is like a misinformation everywhere about antibiotics. So like AI platform, AI app will help people make informed decisions about antibiotic usage. For instance, people in my country will use antibiotics just for a common cold. And of course, it, it didn't help and uh, make the things worse because right now you're not just dealing with a, a cold, but also you could potentially increase your risk of antibiotic resistance bacteria. So that that, that is another way that um, AI and machine learning could help people uh, make more informed uh, decisions every, every day. Now, Nafisa, when you mentioned um, about how much um, antibiotics are being being kind of being abused in the livestock sec sec sector, it really got me thinking about how AI could help because some of the problem is that it's really hard to identify when a um, livestock, cattle, whatnot it is, pig, is sick. So a lot of times they will just uh, give the whole herd the antibiotic because otherwise it's spread really quickly. But if they were able to use AI somehow to quickly and accurately identify the diseased animal, an animal that's coming down with something, and separate that from the herd, then they might not uh, give so many just, we have to give these antibiotics because, you know, it's likely that they're going to get this. Rather than likely, they might be able to figure out, might be able to come to a place where they know this one has it and they could use the antibiotic rather than just, it's likely we'll get this. Uh, great that you uh, um, you know mentioned that uh, it would be great to know that animals are sick before they're really sick. And actually here in, at the UNL, we have a group of people that are uh, studying that. Uh, one of them is Dr. Ty Smith, uh, the husband of Dr. Amy Smith. And he is working with a group of uh, computer scientists to develop image analysis monitoring systems to identify pigs that are sick um, or that are becoming sick before they're getting really sick and get action before it's too late. So there are uh, people that are working really hard to to help with this. So we're in a good pace, but we have to 
keep it going. And also to like monitoring how much antibiotics are they using in treating those uh, infections. Uh, because, uh, you know, uh, the tendency of people in agriculture or in livestock or anything that is like for business, the thing that if we use uh, like the nitrate problem in Nebraska, people, the farmers thought that if we use more nitrate in our soil, then the plant will grow more. So we will cultivate more crops and we will sell them in better price. But uh, that caused like water pollution, soil pollution and uh, other health issues like cancer uh, in infants and all other problems. So the same thing goes for, uh, you know, cattle production and other livestock production with an antibiotic introduction. So if one cattle is sick or one pig is sick in a farm, the farmers think that I mean I have seen farmer I have worked with farmers who have the same type of uh, mentality that uh, one or two uh, bird or one or two pig is sick in the flock then they will basically give antibiotics to every other uh, animal or bird in the, in his farm or in that group where a bird got sick or, or a pig got sick so those other like uh, peaks or birds, they didn't need those antibiotics. So if we could come up with some this any diagnosis or screening ideas or equipments that are AI driven and they, that could like do not need any biochemical or any biotechnological tests to detect or microbiological tests to detect, uh, you know, uh, infection as it's very time consuming to collect samples from the farm and then uh, test it. And it, 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 it takes like at least 24 hours to grow a bacteria and then try to understand uh, uh, doing like MIC and other or other biochemical tests to understand which antibiotic is going to work best for this infection treatment. So if we could really come up with some artificial intelligence that can tell us or help us diagnose this type of infection right at the spot we could just separate that uh, animal out of the flock and then just thoroughly screen all the other animals and see if any other is infected or not then just screen out those and just treat the infect infected ones not the other ones and also with the dose basis if we also come up with some other cool artificial intelligence ideas or apps that could help us to identify the dose without doing any biochemical time-consuming, uh, you know, experiments, I think that is that is that would be very cool. Yeah, the quicker we can identify the animal that is sick, uh, the better. Can get them out of the herd can get just isolate just just that animal the uh the antibiotics instead of just the entire herd it's making me think uh well rapid diagnostics that could be something that uh ai in general could really help with on the human sector as well um since a medical professional does not know what disease is affecting you um they don't know what it is they'll give you a you know as quick of a I mean, as much of an estimate sometimes. It's not always, this is what you're actually sick with. Let me give you the exact right antibiotic. Sometimes it'll just be a, a broad spectrum antibiotic. They're more often used in those situations. A broad spectrum antibiotic is ones that will um, 
they're used on multiple, they can cure, they can attack multiple ba uh, bacterium um, and kill them. But the problem with using a lot of broad spectrum antibiotics is they're the ones that have the most antibiotic resistance um, built up against them. So we don't want to use those uh, often. So if you had more rapid diagnostics, if you could figure out what exact um, antibiotic is actually needed, then you could go for those narrow narrow spectrum antibiotics, and that could also do a lot to slow the spread of AMR. That's right, Beth. I just found another paper that talks about this topic. So they say that uh, normal um, diagnostic lasts 24 hours, at least, mm -hmm. and also requires a people, like uh, a person that is really an expert on the field and can perform the test really well. And uh, they found that using ML, machine learning, and other techniques can reduce the time to three hours. So that could really help the diagnostics of, of people as well. Yeah, that's a huge, a huge cut down in time. One, one way that AI can help is record keeping. Let's mm -hmm. say in, in my country, it, sometimes you get sick because of food, because it doesn't have the proper, you know, uh, processing. And I was watching a video yesterday of one of my favorite YouTubers and he got listeriosis because of listeria monocytogenes. And it's a pretty big, you know, issue. And uh, if we have the ability to keep a record, we can do recalls as you do here in the U.S. that you recall the food that was contaminated with that, uh, mm -hmm. um, you know, bacteria. So AI will help uh, like developing countries as, as mine to keep record and uh, perform those tasks like, um, you know, recalls and all that to avoid spreading more this uh, harmful bacteria. Yeah, so it can more rapidly target where, let's say, a um, infected lettuce, you know, is all sent to what farm it came from. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so many ways, so many great ways that AI has the potential to help us. And I think that's a good note to, uh, to end on, um, that we hopefully... Hopefully our listeners came away feeling feeling educated on AI and also maybe a little bit hopeful. I'm feeling a bit hopeful now that um, our own abilities to um, innovate and invent are able to help us in combating AMR. So thank you everyone for joining us.